Hello, and welcome to the Incredible Witness Podcast. Today's episode is titled, Trust is Everything. My brother once said to me these immortal and profound words, words that I have never forgotten. He said to me, trust is everything. I can't remember now what we were discussing, which led to him sharing these words with me. But it was clearly about relationships between men and women, although, of course, it is relevant in connection with any relationship. He told me this many years ago when we were both quite young. I was probably in my late teens or early twenties, but the sagacity of his words have remained with me. They have passed the test of time, because they will forever be true. When I think about the significance of trust, I realise it is vital in any or all relationships, because without trust there really is no relationship. That got me thinking of the work we do with our clients, with children and families, and how essential that word trust is. How often do you want to help or support a child or a parent to improve their life, but that vital ingredient or glue that holds everything together is not there, or there in in sufficient quantity, and as a result, you struggle to to help them in the way you want to. In short, when there is trust, you can move mountains. Without trust, every step is a mountain to climb. In our country and all countries around the globe, trust and faith in others is a vital but missing ingredient, responsible for so many problems all over the world. Think about it. What trust exists between the electorate and politicians, employers and employees, students and teachers, social workers and and parents, black people and the police, between mothers and fathers, and even pastors and their congregations? And what is the fallout that results from this huge lack of trust? Trust is invaluable, and when working with others, any actions that undermine the development of trust need to be discouraged, just as actions which promote trust are to be encouraged and supported. Identifying factors which promote trust, such as doing what you say you will do, and when you say you will do it, being open, transparent, consistent, predictable, seeking permission instead of assuming you have it, Listening attentively and communicating carefully and clearly in various different ways is essential. Admitting where you were wrong, taking responsibility for your actions and inaction, displaying empathy and care, being willing and able to be vulnerable with others when they are vulnerable or even if, even if they are not, can open the doors and lead to conversations and rapport that only happen because you were willing to be and showed your vulnerability taking the time to share your story, the hurt and pain you went through, and making the time to really listen to, understand and value others pe- other people's stories can produce powerful connections. Being genuinely interested in and curious about other people and finding ways to help them get what they want is another habit to develop when you want to establish trust. Now let's consider some of the actions or behaviours which spawns a lack of trust. Using force to make changes as opposed to obtaining the consent of others. Criticising, abusing, scapegoating and blaming others. Lying, deceiving, accepting no responsibility for your actions. Undermining others, displaying a lack of care in what others are experiencing. Placing yourself and your, and your wants above others. Being hypocritical, unwilling or unable to see things from another's point of view. Failing to see and acknowledge the strengths of others the difficulties they face, and being condemnatory in your behaviour or all ways of behaving 
that create huge mistrust. Unfortunately, it seems very easy to foster mistrust and disharmony. Whilst producing genuine, trusting relationships requires careful, intentional and persistent effort. Just being part of a different gender, culture, ethnicity, religion, class, sexual orientation or speaking a different language is for a lot of people sufficient to engender both suspicion and mistrust. Yet it is such a warm, inspiring and responsible feeling when someone trusts you and when you, when you trust others. You could say you have faith in them and them in you. But who do you put your trust in? Who do you listen to, accept advice from and allow yourself to be influenced by? If you are like most people, you listen to and are influenced by the people you know and associate with regularly. It's only natural that you would do so. But the difficulty with this arises when you want to do something way above and beyond what anyone that you associate with knows anything about. Although you may not recognise this as, this immediately as a difficulty, it is in terms of the future success of the project you wish to undertake or create. Whilst most people are well-intentioned, the chances are that once you share your idea with them, the best thing, the thing you can hope for is that others will applaud you for wanting to do something no one you know has done before. If applause is the overriding response you receive, then that's great. But don't be surprised if the people you share your idea with seem less than positive about it, tending instead to be both disparaging and discouraging. As mentioned earlier, most people do so with the best intentions. They try to spare you from being hurt or ridiculed because they are unable to see how you could be successful. Naturally, when others are solicitors of our well-being, their views and counsel are important to us and we're inclined to listen to them because it is based on the care of others for you. However, whether, whether others mean you well or not, the question you have to ask yourself is, what qualifies them to be the voice of reason with regard to your idea, venture or project? If, as established, they have no knowledge or experience of doing what you intend to accomplish, how is it helpful to listen to their views or advice? They have already told you in the nicest possible way, or otherwise, that they have no faith in your ability to do what you are planning to do. This being the case, it is crucial to be circumspect concerning who you both talk to and accept advice from. If you're going to listen to the counsel of anyone, do yourself a massive favour and ensure it is someone who has already done something you want to do. That is the criteria it would seem wise to use when deciding on who to take advice from. After all, if you wanted to become a rocket scientist, why would you listen to, to people who have no connection or knowledge whatsoever of the field of rocket science? If you want to do something extraordinary, then you need to surround yourself with, with extraordinary people who've done what you want to do. It's key to your success to bear this thought in mind. Most people who you associate with don't know what they don't know. In other words, people are happy to give you advice about matters they know nothing about, yet aren't even aware they don't know what they're talking about. It is a sad fact of life. But what about you? Who do you have... Do you have trust in yourself? How much faith do you have in your abilities? Or to put it another way, how much confidence do you have in yourself? It is so important to have faith in your own abilities 
and when you are subjected to the sternness of tests, it's all the more necessary to, for you to believe in yourself. Your confidence in yourself is the ingredient that makes all the difference between success and failure. If you don't have faith and confidence in the chances of your success, then you're likely to throw in the towel at the first obstacle or problem you encounter. Your ability to persist, despite facing obstacles, is a measure of your confidence and trust in the likelihood of your success. When given evidence, you have to believe in what you're saying. You have to know what you're saying is correct and true, because you have tried and tested it, or weighed the evidence to the point that you are sure about the veracity of your statements. In a similar way to the way you have you have tested and weighed evidence, you have to test and weigh your own abilities in order to develop faith in yourself. It is only when you have done so innumerable times that you develop the kind, that kind of trust or faith that you may call confidence. In order to achieve anything of great significance to you, particularly if it is something new and way beyond what you have achieved, have achieved before, the need for self-confidence and belief in your abilities is vital. To achieve results superior than you have produced before, you have to be able to see yourself doing so in your mind's eye, not once, but over and over again, until your subconscious, until you, your subconscious mind accepts it and begins to find practical ways of manifesting it. The only limit to what you can achieve is dependent on your belief and faith in yourself. Until next time.